Hey do badders, Jody here. This is the second part of our two-part episode with Mudsticles Pete Reese when we're talking about obstacle course racing. If you've not listened to part one, go back and listen to that one first, otherwise this one's not going to make much sense. If you have listened to it, here it is. But also what I love about it is you come into a table of your supplies and so everyone has thermos flasks full of hot leucosade or hot um, nectar and you you stock up on all your foods you try and eat as much food as you can because you don't really want to be taking out gels and stuff because it's you 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 if you have a hat on you'll lose it because mm. it's so muddy um it's the muddiest i've ever been and so mm. any gels or food it's so hard to take on the course you get into this transition area where people are just stuffing as much food as they can in trying to get warm people are if you and if you're trying to if you eat for too long, you will get hypothermic. Mm. If you do it's anything, really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think it's the toughest race uh, obstacle race in the world? Four. Four laps, winter nuts. Well, no, because there's things like world's toughest mudder, um, which is 24 hours, and I'm sure that's a lot harder. I think um, it's harder. I think the survival rate. I, 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 I. Well, obviously, I've never done it. I can't compare. Look, we can ask John. <laughs> Of that, of that distance, of that distance, of you know, of something around the twenty to thirty kilometer mark, I would say, yeah, probably. probably. But how many, how many races can you think? Six, well, three percent finish. Hmm. But this is the difficult yeah. thing for for someone that's not into OCR to eat to even judge it because the distances don't give any indication of toughness or, or yeah. anything else. And even within that, as well, you know, uh, as we were talking about with Steph, is that sometimes you can you can go through a bunch of obstacles but then sometimes you need to have technique and technique yeah. you only get through through doing it and so mm. it's just really difficult to judge it's but, not that yeah. technical actually, well, no. yeah it, dep- it depends on the race so yeah i agree some races you do need technicality and then actually a lot of races are becoming more technical where you do need technique but actually that's when you look at these old school races the likes of um tough guy and yeah. nuts challenge yeah. it, they just whittle you down you know you, you're just like you, your energy is just going on little things you know climbing up a bank and climbing down a bank it's something that everyone can do but can they do it a thousand times in a row yeah and um that's, that's, that's that isn't isn't that truer that's truer to like the original vi- vision about obstacle course racing yeah. isn't it because the whole about obstacle course racing obstacle courses was it was a military thing and as as you well know, having gone through the whole military thing, it's just about continually doing something uh, till it breaks you effectively. Mm. And so, surely that is it's 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 purer in a way, possibly. Yeah, I, I think nuts is probably the race where you get the biggest disparity between the, how prepared some people are and how ruined they get because you still get the stag dudes, you still get the hen dudes, oh, really? right. yeah, and and they'll just have like a little. A little net skirting on and a pink top, but, but that's <laughs> because... the diffi- but that's the difficulty with these things, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not as if you know you you know it's a, t- a marathon or a half marathon. You can get an indication yeah. of it. It's something just called the nuts challenge. I mean, what? I mean, it just sounds nuts challenge like rid- and it's seven k. It makes it's a ridiculous yeah. name that means nothing to anyone. Yeah, and so you know, and they send out all that stuff. People always send out all the warnings and everything, but you get sent warnings and stuff for, to, oh, yeah. to run the bloody color run, don't you? You know, <laughs> it's just you know, oh, if you do this, you know, overexertion, then you could possibly die and all that. So it. You know, no one pays attention to that anymore. So yeah. I mean, there mm. must be like huge amounts of people who come into these things and just get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, especially those winter ones. Yeah. I mean, seven seven k of nuts in the in the summer one that they do around August time. Yeah, you're totally like you just do. You'll get around it. You'll probably find it a lot more physically demanding than you thought it was going to. But you have really good fun. 
but bloody hell yeah when they go into the winter yeah. and um and as soon as they're in and out of those lakes and ditches yeah they're just like it's carnage it's carnage have, have a look at there's a really good video by andy parry who's one of our listeners i think we mentioned it before actually from from mudsicle where he does the four laps summer um and it's really charmingly filmed but you can tell it's hard and mm. it does look like a when he's on his third and fourth lap he's pottering along but you can see it's a proper slog oh yeah and i can't wait to do we're going to do a follow-up of that in the winter um oh. and that's that's when it will really get him he, he you know I, I, it's so different yeah. when the water's cold and the wind's blowing um because you're out there for six hours yeah. and and when you're in our water for six hours it's just yeah it's crazy it's crazy what that does to you so what other races uh would you put as so, best yeah, so I guess it's kind of a little bit of a, this is a bit of a timeline between what I've thought is the absolute creme de la creme. And, the, and so, so yeah, tough guy, fell in love with it. Nuts Challenge, honestly, I think is still to this day awesome and the best. Yeah. It, up, with, up there with the best. But really, the last year and a half has all been about nuclear nuclear races in Essex um <laughs> that they... name is just so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it is it, of course it, actually, it's, it's got a reason it's got a nuclear bunker there so they're allowed to call themselves oh, it, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah um but they um they uh, it's basically run on their own permanent land like these other ones actually a lot of these obstacle races they'll travel around and they'll mm. set up their um set up their walls in different locations or they won't be permanent sites but actually um the, these are probably the, the ones i'm talking about the three permanent big permanent sites in the uk there are others but i'd right. say these are probably the biggest uh or the most popular and that makes a big um so so um the nuclear is set on this farmland um uh the guy who who who, who owns it james Parrish, he's done all sorts like I said, he's got the nuclear bunker which is kind of like a tourist attraction and he's done paint he's done everything there but he's just uh he's just gone crazy and yeah. built ridiculous obstacles permanent obstacles basically it's like money is no object and he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna one-up everyone if someone builds an obstacle he's gonna build it bigger or better or he's gonna at least gonna have the same thing uh, his water uh, jump is well, amazing but no no okay so <laughs> oh, I, need, I need examples here because right, when you're talking about obstacles i'm thinking you know and even okay. when steph was talking about that whatever that thing with the rig that she was talking yeah. about and so I, I can't really picture what what yeah. she's talking about okay. yeah when, I, i'm imagining a few walls and some going under some water and stuff like that yeah. i mean what, what were we so there's about? that so that's the so that's the starting point and yeah. he's got all that but then a normal obstacle race they'd have monkey bars that would be i don't know uh five meters long yeah. his monkey bars are 120 meters long. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? A monkey wouldn't finish this. What? <laughs> no. 120 meters long? Yeah, it's just crazy. So he did it. I think they he did that because um, the year before, Rat Race Dirty Weekend had had the longest monkey bars in the world, which were 110 <laughs> meters long. And then, so the next year, he's like, oh, yeah, 120 meters. Um, you know, there, there's... Um, I think uh, in the States, there was this amazing slide, which had, you know, you basically go down, a not just like a slide along a along grass on, with a bit of tarpauling on grass, which is what a lot of events do. Um, we saw these uh, this video footage of this event in the States that had put together this massive kind of, I don't know whether it was a fiberglass slide where you, you, you slid down with loads of water and then you just flipped off the end and went flying up into the air, into the water. And someone randomly in one of the groups said, Oh, who's going to build one of these? I think it might be Mighty Race actually. Who, who, um, who uh, said who's going to who's going to build one of these first? 
and then straight away like within two <laughs> weeks nuclear had built it <laughs> so um and then they've got a zip line you know so you, you you know just like the old school army's zip line so you get yeah. this little thing and you scoot along the rope and no one's got that um oh really oh. is a zip line not a thing that's uh, obstacle course races well, you've got no, no, but can you imagine the logistics of it when yeah, you've got thousands of people so. coming through yeah. and um you know getting that zip line back to the top again and getting you know having it so that people don't queue not many people can do that what you've got ended up having to do is like 10 ropes and like hundreds of handles that he slots onto the ropes it's the sort of thing that if any other event director was yeah. looking at it they were just like i can't do that like you can't fit that in your budget his it, it, it's there is no limit to what those guys are prepared to do to but be awesome like they've it's also, crazy they've also got some quite cool things where you you know you've probably seen the hang toughs where you would use the loops that you put your hangers in. It was on gladiators, and you swing across instead of a monkey bars. They've got ones where they've got ropes coming down, and then they have gym balance balls in the water, these huge inflatable balls. And so you then go along these ropes, but you've got the balls beneath your feet, but they're all moving constantly because they're just floating in water. And that's brilliant because you, you see it, and you, 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 you love it because it's quite reminiscent of... 80s but then you think how the hell am i going to do that and yeah. people fall in some people do it some people don't but it's people laugh and laugh and laugh and that's what i think is great in an obstacle race something challenging that also entertains yeah. so so the question is um how how do you how do you even train for them so because they talk about you know people talk about technique and developing mm. technique and do that how do you how do you train for them is there is there is there a way to train for them was it just by doing them yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think running is the most important thing. Even now, even even oh, even really? with the amount of obs- technical obstacles, yeah, really? run, run. I mean, actually, I I um I found that I, what I was doing um, before I came into obstacle racing was exactly right for training for it. I basically I've I've done it for years. I run, and then when I get to a park, every few minutes I'll stop and I'll do twenty press ups, and then I'll do twenty pull ups on a on a on a um, on a railing, and then I'll do um, dips on a park bench and. And that's just how I've trained for years. And, and then it turns out that's actually really, really great because it's just like coming to an obstacle, breaking your stride, doing yeah. something physical with your upper body and then just running again at the same pace. That's, that's, I actually think that's one of the best things you can do. But really? um, I, yeah, and So I've carried on doing that. I've, I, I generally don't do much in the gym. And, and I, I, you know, I think it's actually always best training the outdoors. But I, the, probably the best, and I honestly believe that BMF is amazing. And I know yeah. you, you've done BMF and you. And it's... Yeah. Um, and it's, it's and, it basically does those things like I do on my own, but it actually pushes you a lot further than you would do if you were on your own. So, um, so I think probably the fittest I've come since I originally started training for obstacle racing was just going to BMF a few times a week, and it's it's um it's great because you're also out in the elements as well, which is actually a very important way to uh you know to, to, to prepare for it as well, preparing for the elements. Isn't isn't BMF one of your sponsors, David? Yeah, he's saying, well, that's, that's why I didn't mention him because I thought no, yeah. I, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing a favour. I, love, I, love, I, I actually am. Um, Sorry. No, no, say I love BMF. I, I've told. Did I tell you about that time um, when Libby and I were going to BMF just before we got married? No. Um, yeah, we do that whole thing where you decide to lose weight and uh, weight and look fantastic, literally yeah. in the run up to your you know, your wedding. So was that a long time ago? That yeah, was a long time ago. <laughs> and we 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 was going to BMF all the time. And uh, on our last BMF session before our wedding, yeah. um, uh, Dave, the uh, the the guy that runs BMF in Brighton. Um, it did this whole thing where he made everyone in the BMF create this in, this sort of like uh, tunnel of love, 
uh, for us to go through, which was wonderful. It was really wonderful <laughs> stuff. It was just, you know, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. And I can see that it's that sort of explosive fitness that you yeah. don't get from mm. anything else that you, that, that it suits that you, you, it suits the military. I talked about when I went to Limpston and the whole, uh, the Jimmy Savile uh, in the uh, mess hall saga, <laughs> but that was the that was the sort of stuff you did. You know, it was just rolling around in water, doing like the press ups and doing the mm. whole running, and then changing between the things, which which is like a different type of fitness. Which if you're just yeah. a runner, you don't yeah. you don't ever get. But I, I think it is changing slightly now with races like the toughest and mm. and, and these rigs becoming more technical. Doing but, things like bouldering and climbing, I think, is yeah. really good because actually grip strength. And um, and hang time is 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 more and more important, and having agility in the air um, seems to be critical, especially as if you're trying to race. And um, now that races are saying you have to finish every obstacle, um, some of them are really tough if you're not climbing, because it's quite hard to get grip strength from from any sport, really. What? So what do you think is the is like the best race then for someone who's starting out? Like what's the what's the best first first race? I suppose you need to it needs to be something that it all you know is not maybe not too technically difficult but gives mm. a good indication of what OCR's like. Yeah, I I mean I'd first of all say that there's do you know what most races you're just going to you're going to get through and mm. you're going to even a lot the majority of people going to races to be honest they'll probably spend half their time walking the course. Yeah. Um so so like I I would I have been around a lot of people who are so scared to even get started. You know, they're mm. really scared about what event they go to. And, and actually, you'll be absolutely fine at 95% of races, um, especially if it's in, you know, the warmer period of the year. Um, but there's only a few that will really trip you up. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're doing seven, 7K of nuts, you can have a brilliant time. Um, but it will massively trip you up if you end up going for 28K. It will trip you up if you go to tough guy. It will trip you up if you go man versus mountain, which is pretty obvious. You're running up Snowden back. Um, it's it, you know. Um, so, but I would advise probably if it's your first one, go for somewhere that's uh, something that's around the 10k mark, oh, um, yeah. and be prepared to it. You know, be fit enough to at least jog 10k, um, and then the obstacles will probably weigh you down a little bit. You might feel like you want to walk a little bit. Um, I'd say you know, good good 10ks that are really nice beginnery ones in that. Um, they're not going to have anything too hardcore for you, yet you're still going to get to see a good amount of obstacles. Um, is you know things like Monster Race, uh, which is kind of like a West of England race. They've got um, they've got stuff in Wiltshire and Oxford. Um, uh, what else? Well, even like a shorter distance nuclear. So they they do a six k nuclear, which would be just amazing because you get to see all those amazing obstacles. Um, see, I think Survivor of the Fittest is brilliant. Yeah, Survivor of the Fittest is great. Yeah. Yeah, what's absolutely. the survival, what's survival of the fittest? Is that a, is that a men's health one? Yeah, that's right. Is that a city all... thing? Is that a... yeah, yeah. And, and that's what that's what I love about them as well. They're all in cities, so it's really convenient. You get huge participation. There's a big event village, and, and nearly all the time they'll have a, a big beer tent and a nice atmosphere to go to. Everyone around you is in huge groups of workmates or birthdays or stag do's. So you really get a good atmosphere there, and they do. They do pull out a lot of good obstacles for mm. for a city race, right? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but yeah, for sure. And uh, you, you, of course, you probably won't have to travel too much if you're a city folk for that. The only thing it really lacks is the mud. And actually, yeah. for the beginners, um, I think it's really great. I think they just love it as soon as they kind of start rolling around in mud. It's like being a kid again. Mm. So um, it's really nice going for one of the really muddier ones. And even um, you know, 
I guess things like Wolf Run is really popular with beginners. Um, so that's kind of more Midlands sort of based. So, um, and then that's not time. So there's no pressure on you there. Um, things like Rock Solid Race, uh, which is in yeah, Milton Keynes and down in really Exeter. Good. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's another one where again, you get, just get so many obstacles and you get lots of mud. Um, uh, I'd, I'd tons. if you're a runner and you want to not go full on obstacle, Hell Runner, I think it's brilliant. Mm, Loved yeah. it before I did the obstacle races and you won't have any, technical obstacles but you will have scrambling you will have the cold you will have um even running through the sand at the end is pretty killer um mm. and it's great value as well really great value. yeah okay so the big question is are there any races that are the equivalent of an obstacle course race for life <laughs> <laughs> well hold on race for life is um that's organized by who which uh, charity is it uh uh, 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 uh Art foundation Cancer, isn't it? cancer research. I think is it. I think there is there is a race that's is linked to race for life, an obstacle race. Is I can't there? remember which. I think there is. Is there? Well, someone posted yeah. oh, in the Facebook group. Oh, oh yeah, what's it called? Yes, someone did post it. Uh, post in the uh, the Facebook group. Yeah. We, Oh, I can't remember now, but I think there is. I think there is a branch of race for life that, that do have an obstacle race. So it's Cancer Research UK. I've just googled it. So I'm going to put obstacle race, see what comes up. It's pretty muddy, maybe. Yes, yeah, so no, then that was the that was the one that was shared, wasn't it? Pretty muddy. Yeah. Oh, I've not I've not ever been to one because it's a ladies' right. only race, so I can't well, comment on that. Th- that's that should be no obstacle, surely. <laughs> really, I mean that, that's that's very limited in your. You're supposed to be well, the expert obstacle course racing. I know. Just because I they have some, just have the, you get. <laughs> some some um, backward gender exclusion doesn't mean that you have to adhere to it. It, it really is. It says Pretty Mother, Race for Life, Cancer Research. Oh, there you go. Oh, so yeah. it is actually a Race for Life thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So maybe we get the uh, Group 5 from Newcastle to go along to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you, Group 5 in Newcastle. I love you. I love you. I know you wouldn't do that one. You'd do like a really long one. <laughs> so, so, okay. So you've, t- right, so you've basically told me about the race that you'd suggest people to do. Now, say if you wanted to teach someone who'd been who'd slightly bad-mouthed OCR a little bit and you wanted to teach them a lesson and you suggested to their... What would you suggest as their first race? For example, if I said, oh, I want to try OCR and you thought, I know what we'll do, we'll properly set him up here, what would you suggest as a first race? Um, hmm. Well, probably the ones I mentioned, like mm. yeah, the twenty-eight k of nuts. nuts. That's what's going to really, that's going to really trip them up. I'll send them over to World's Toughest Mudder, but that's pretty obvious. It's hard because it's twenty-four hours. But um, but yeah, no nuts is the big tripping thing. Yeah, or Winter Tough Guy. Yeah, they're so both of those. So I think they're the ones that you see the most ill people at. So it's really, so the, the key thing is really, it's not really about the obstacle stuff. It's really it's sort of the the, the weather, the conditions that it's, it's cold, held yeah. in. I, it's it's wetness. It, it's wetness mm. and wind. Steph said that as well, didn't she? Steph yeah. was tripped up at the one, and she said even the people who are great at obstacle course racing, they were they were being tripped up at the fact that the the yeah the temperature. You've it's really crazy. Got, you've got a balance between how much you wear, and because you have to, you have to wear incredibly thick wetsuits to truly ensure you're not going to be that cold. Mm. And you just can't do obstacle races in really thick wetsuits. So you go with this thin. I did the MDS in a wetsuit. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Explains a lot, Jerry. <laughs> it's well worth it, though. I think neoprene's the way. It's the way to go in those events. I mean, I've fallen. I've fallen found a lot of these races and kind of ended up away colder than I should be. And and uh, yeah, I'm, 
I mean, merino wool and neoprene are just the way to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, particularly at tough guy at nuts, I wouldn't I wouldn't run them again now without a lot of neoprene. Yeah. And you talk about the dips. So this is the one um, that, that Stephanie slipped up on, and and everyone goes crazy at is those dips underwater at yeah. tough guy. That was a turning point for me when I ran it. Um, I, w- I was totally fine to that point. I was I was pretty cold, and then as soon as my head was underwater, I came out the other side. Everything changed. I didn't know what yeah. the hell was going on. Didn't yeah. know which way to turn, and then all, uh, oh, it suddenly affected my core as well. I didn't understand how that happened, but everything was just a just suddenly dropped off a cliff. Everything uh, that you know, I didn't know what was going on, and, and I know that if I go back there now, I just for that bit there, yeah. I'd bring a full um, neoprene balaclava. Um, and I know people who did that last year, and it's the way to go. Just just put a neoprene balaclava on for those water dips and take it off at the other end if, you, if it's uncomfortable. Because it, it, it's honestly, it's like the it's like ice cream headache times yeah. a million. Oh. But they've, they've changed the course as well because I lost my vision when I did that. So <laughs> I, um, well, vision, to be honest, that's not the first time, is it? It's not. It's normally, it's normally the meths that I'm drinking. But they've changed the course as well because I I came out and my vision was flashing and then it went down to a, a tiny tunnel, and I looked to the side because you, you start to swim out. I looked to the side and there were so many people on the side with metal four blankets looking just destroyed. And I mm. I I thought I cannot I cannot be that person. I just started sprinting and sprinting and sprinting as fast as I could until. I warmed up a bit, but now they've changed the course where you come out and then you have to do these really hard monkey bars. Like, <laughs> how the hell are you going to do that when you can't feel your head? You can't actually feel your fingers and there's, you're not going to be able to warm up. And I mean, that's what did it for James Appleton. If you look at the video of him, DNFing, he, uh, you see him screaming. Well, actually, he gave me his hat to give him and he was screaming my name because I couldn't get it. So I felt so guilty, but. You'll see, um, it, he gets completely done in just at that point, and he's raced it more than anyone else. Mm. Yeah, he, um, uh, to be honest, I think James. I think I think he made a choice at that race that he yeah. was going to wear less so that he could be faster. Yeah, he, he really wanted to do well at that race, yeah, and he yeah. knew that the competition was 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 strong, and he didn't wear he didn't wear very thick neoprene at all, if any. I think it was like, like half a mil or something like that. I think it was and, three. Um, he should have. There's nothing of. He's like a. He, there is nothing of James. He's probably one of the leanest racers we've got. Yeah, and um, and it's no surprise to me really that he was that messed up, and he should he should have known better. Should have known better, James. Yeah, ah, James. Uncle Pete. Yeah. Yeah. leaving us to kind of pick up the broken scraps of James as he stumbles <laughs> over the line calling for Dave we've got some we, we looked on the um, I don't know if you've uh, seen on the uh, the Facebook group but there, there were a whole bunch of questions people wanted to ask you mm. um, so Dave do you want to do you want to go through some of these well the reason I'm going through them is because a lot of them will make no sense to JD whatsoever because there's quite a few in jokes um, I don't understand some of them <laughs> Yeah. They're so in that you just don't get it. So you're, you are famous now for your red shorts, your skinny, tight red shorts. Yeah. What is the thinking behind that? Well, um, uh, this is, uh, I guess I can kind of attribute some of it to you, Dave. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, um, I bought them for, um, for Medoc Marathon. 
because I thought, you know, I wanted to wear like something that was a bit red, white and blue related. And, and I had like a nice little um, bow tie, Union Jack bow tie, because we were going with a, a, a Union Jack theme to the Medal Marathon, which is basically a marathon with loads of drinking wine, a uh, bit of a fun run. So Dave organized. And um, and so I thought I'd wear these skimpy little red shorts and, and it would kind of look good in fancy dress um, in, in a fancy dress context, wearing like, um, you know, basically Baywatch skimpy red shorts. And I ordered them, and they didn't come on time. So I, I had to then go shopping um, that day to get some other red shorts, and I ended up buying some child um, <laughs> age nine, age nine shorts. What, what, what size actually, did you think where, they were? Less skimpy. Where, where were you <laughs> no. looking for those? What, um, I, I went to Sports Direct, and um, and it turns out that people wear shorts really big nowadays. Because yeah, I had to go down to Charles Size Nine, and they still weren't anywhere near as skimpy as the ones that I wanted to get. So when they did arrive, when I came back from France. I was just like, oh man, gutted, you know, these, these have got to have a run out. And, um, and, and at the same time, we produced these vests for the world championships that ha was a regular yellow mudsicle vest and they had like a Union Jack going down the side. And, and I, I just happened to like have both of these in my, in my sight at the same time, put them both on and they went really well together. I think anyone, <laughs> will, anyone will agree how good they look together. So I thought, that's it. That's my outfit for the World Championships. So when and you it just so happens that there's a lot of cameras at the World Championships. So <laughs> I, was kind of, I was blasted all over Facebook. And, and then the UK Championships came and then I was like, well, you know, it's kind of like these are my championship shorts now. So, <laughs> So basically, viewers, uh, listeners, you've got to send in other championships that Pete has to go to in those red shorts. <laughs> if there's such thing as like a snowball fight championships or just horrific championships, like so cold that you'll have to wear them to, send those <laughs> ideas in. <laughs> now, I don't know where this question is going to lead, but what is the Man Up Challenge? Um, I believe... Um... I, I believe this may have happened as a result of Nettlegate and um, and someone Nettlegate Nettlegate oh. Nettlegate is something that happened in obstacle racing where um, our friend James Asp Appleton the, the wimpy one who can't get through tough guys without being <laughs> hypothermia he um, also he, former UK champion <laughs> yeah um, he um he he came on to a um a particular group and and uh he 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 complained well not complained he 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 had been to a race and the, the, the all of the front runners had got sent through a big field of nettles and quite rightly he was like well it's not fair you know us front runners we're trampling down the nettles getting stung to pieces and no one else is so you're just punishing the front runners and you know it means I have to be itching for a week and basically had a bunch of people come on to him and just say man up you know if you don't like the challenges don't take part and just these crazy attitudes so anyway one of these people uh they set up they set up an event called man up challenge with um <laughs> with um with with loads of nettles and jellyfish and and razor wire and and uh basically electric shocks in water and and um <laughs> just you know kind of things that whingers like james appleton would um would really hate just so that the uh the, the very toughest in the UK would have something to really have a badge of honor when you know because people wear these medals and what do they mean you know like you know let's let's let's, let's do a race where you really have you know defied death to finish it so this guy called Bruce the Bulldog um I, I don't know him personally but he set up this race and uh that was man up challenge but it, it turns out he got shot down and um, just the do-gooders oh just, bloody do-gooders do yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. God damn it. I don't, so um do we have we any need... do goodies in a, in our midst? 
They, we definitely don't have any Dugan listeners. They'd have been scared off a long time ago. Is that ago. actually the opposite of the Do-Badders? Is that, is that what is officially called the tribe now, the Do-Badders? Yeah, the Do-Badders, <laughs> I love it! Yeah. <laughs> we've, been, we've been trying to think of a name for, for bad boy uh, running listeners, and it might be the Do-Badders. <laughs> I love it, That's the Do-Badders! Cool, you need to make the t-shirt, sell the t-shirt. Yes. Thing to do. Can you do that for us, Pete? Yeah, 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 you must want it. And can you do all the video and stuff? <laughs> your videos are incredible. Just, they're so good. I really liked your video. Uh, well, no, I really liked your video, how you managed to cobble stuff together to make David look impressive in a, in a, in a preview for the for Special Forces Helm. That, oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that, you really sort of sc- must have been scraping the barrel there to try and get that something. That was tricky, yeah. Yeah, the Miller one was pretty easy. Yeah, and, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah David, I was like, oh, but yeah, I got I got a few bits and bobs. One with the, him with his cock on his face, and um, <laughs> that was a highlight. So, him coming out of icy water with a cock on his face is probably one of the best things I've ever filmed. The, the, when we when we when we're recording this podcast, that, that's the view I get most of the time. Anyway, just before we start, we start recording. <laughs> it's normally anyway. a real cock, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, no, yeah. David, the the camera's on. The uh, the other video that I really like you do was the uh, was uh, actually I want to ask you in comparison uh, how this fares compared to some of the uh, obstacle course races you do uh, the beerathon. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The beerathon video, brilliant. Oh, brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. And what did I do with that? It was just like a run around, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, and, um, like a, a yeah, yeah. It was just kind of a little bit of a GoPro kind of um, point of view type thing, wasn't it? Were you sick? Um, uh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, really disappointing. I, I actually could have done two more laps. It was really weird. You should have done. Yeah, no, I think I probably should. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was actually really, really enjoying it. And I loved the drinking part of it. Like, so I, I, I was really, really thirsty um, by the time it started. <laughs> and, um, and I was wearing this stupid morph suit. So I was baking hot as well. And I literally got in and inhaled the first pint. And, um, and actually all of the pints. I literally, I, it was a couple of gulps, each one of them. And the only horrible thing was eating the, the things, you know, I think the, uh, I'll, I'll explain to listeners what it is. It's, what is it? It's five kilometers and between, five miles. oh, sorry, five miles. And yeah. between each mile, you down a pint and you eat a, a, uh, a bit of horrible food, not horrible food, but it's not the sort of food you want to be eating when you're running like a quiche or a pork pie or, uh, or something. Oh, and it's, it's organized by, yeah, the quiche is horrible. Ooh. And the very worst thing was a sticky toffee oh, pudding. Oh, that was good, yeah. Genius Absolutely last one. Heavy, heavy food. And, uh, and that goes down with the Guinness. And actually, the Guinness was the easiest thing to drink. Um, Not vegan. Guinness isn't vegan, is it? It is, definitely. You know, it is. Um, David told me the first time. <laughs> this, this is just actually incredible. The first time we did the, uh, the beer-a-thon, uh, I came along. And, uh, of course, I'm vegetarian. And David said to me, I said to him, I can't actually do the first one because I'm vegetarian. I can't drink Guinness because, of course, it contains Isinglass. And mm-hmm. he said, oh, that doesn't... You know, Guinness is vegan now. The, <laughs> the landlord is vegan. And he wouldn't serve it if he didn't think it was vegan. So now right. it's vegan. And so I'm like, really? And he goes, absolutely. You just ask him. And, of course, I didn't ask him or anything like that. I just took his word for it. So I drank this Guinness. And it wasn't until about two weeks afterwards I thought... The twat. He's just made that up. He's just absolutely <laughs> made I've just broken Guinness. He did Guinness. tell me that. He did <laughs> tell me that, the landlord, I swear. It's not, it's not vegan in any way. Well, and have you survived? I, that's not really the point, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, from, um, and, and I think we should have a vote on this, but from what Pete was saying earlier, I think he's just committed to doing 
two two whole uh, two beerathons in a row. Yeah, definitely. I'll go back to back. The yeah, sure. No, it's like a double beerathon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Double beer double. He's doing. He's going for the sign. The sign yeah, in my red shorts. And is it is it two beers on each lap? And no. two bits of food in each lap, or it's just no. You run oh, back. Yeah, I do run, either. You run in the opposite direction. You run it five times one way, and five yeah. times the other way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, up for that. Just think how manky that Guinness is going to be by the end. Oh, it's pretty manky by the time you drink it coming around anyway. But. <laughs> just think how manky that quiche is going to be. Oh, that <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, oh, that quiche. That quiche should have. Uh, oh. Those teams it, that, that went into Chernobyl to, to try and like disinfect it and stuff, they couldn't have been able to handle that quiche. <laughs> it, was, it was like the heaviest, dodgiest quiche I've ever tasted. I did, yeah, I've never had a quiche like that before. It was um, Satan's quiche. Well, yeah. I, what I love is the, the landlords, because um, we, we try not to put the, the, the prices up ever, so the landlords try to cut corners and make it cheaper <laughs> every year. So the food just gets worse and worse. That's so why it's so skanky now, because he's thinking, right, I've only got like two pounds for all the food. What do I do? <laughs> Are tickets on sound? Is it, is it available to, to book up yet? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's open. Yeah, I, I, I oh, think wow. we've, we've, we've got about hundred places left. I Listeners, think. you've got to join it. If you're not, if you're not part yeah. of this now, you've got to join. You've got to join in the beerathon. So it's incredible ways to work. It's it's an obstacle course race in itself. Yeah, it's an obstacle. Course. It's one of the it's, it's one of the highlights of my year. I actually really really loved it. I think probably the two highlights of my year was this and Neptune Steps. I think were like the two oh, most. Uh, and that's what. I th- so the reason I got into obstacle racing is because I like something different. And, um, and, uh, and, and when I see something, yeah, when I said before, like something that excites me isn't necessarily what it's going to excite the person who's come in like, and done three or four races, yeah. I get a m- buzz off of new stuff. And um, so this was new for me, this, this um, beer <laughs> and and I, it, was, it was one of the highlights of my year, and the other one was, yeah, Neptune Steps, which was crazy, like swimming obstacle racing yeah. through a canal, which was freezing, but um, that, that, that the absolutely so, so amazing, so amazing. Yeah. So what? the... Um, Oh, go ahead, Jenny. I was going to say, no, this, is, this has been a great episode, I think. Well, it's been, I think, for people, even in, in obstacle course racing, they've probably learned a lot, let alone those who, who don't know much about you it. You say that they don't know much already? No, I just think... Oh, you are beats, offending beats. even your if own tribe here. <laughs> if they've learned from me, they definitely don't know anything. <laughs> well, maybe they've, they've, they've forgotten a bit, they've lost a bit, but... Um, <laughs> In ter- so the other thing that that people have mentioned is they they want it. So Mudsicle, we've talked about how it's got this team feel to it, and there there have been at times in some races where the Mudsicle crew have got a little bit out of control um, to the extent that it almost felt like an army that was invading. So they they bought was it two boxes of smoke grenades? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had um, th- th- that was we had the dirty weekend. We had a well, we tried to book out a whole wave. It wasn't an entire wave, but we had a uh, hundred or probably more people at um, a dirty weekend. So dirty weekend's massive event. Um, uh, it's kind of like a bit of a highlight of the year, really. Rat race dirty weekend, yeah. and um, uh, we we booked ourselves into the second wave just a, as a big sea of yellow, um, and we got loads of smoke grenades and just went off together with loads of smoke grenades and wave flags and. Went off with the Dutch mud men, who are kind of like the uh, the, the Dutch uh, equivalent of Mustacle. So they were all in orange, we were all in yellow. Everyone had a party, and it was great. And we're doing the same thing this coming year, um, also including a bit of BMF as well, which um, yeah should be great. But imagine, imagine JD, you're um, the so this was the second wave. You had to pay more to be in the first wave. So yeah. the, and also the first wave sold out pretty early. So there will be a lot of people in the second wave who've come there 
to race competitively. <laughs> so imagine starting a race where you start and there's a hundred smoke bombs going off. So you can't see. There's people running, waving six, seven, eight foot flags, getting on the obstacles and then waving these flags. And you're trying to start probably the hardest race of your season where you're so focused on being fast, getting out quick, and then you've got all bedlam breaking loose. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think there were a few people who were a bit miffed, but, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. But- <laughs> it nearly got really out of hand because we'd been planning it for the year before and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to get smoke grenades. Brilliant, smoke grenades. Oh, yeah, get flags. Yeah, we're going to bring flags, flags. <laughs> let's carry a tie around. Let's play the tire and let's carry a tie around. <laughs> and then it was like... Oh, why don't we bring a fridge around? Bring a fridge for the beer around with us. That would <laughs> have been amazing. Yeah, thankfully, that didn't happen because that would have got a bit silly, I think. But um, yeah. Oh, Who that would be cool, year. though. That well, okay, next insane. year, Dave. Let's do it. Don't yeah. get out the first wave. Don't be racing it. You got to come. You got to come in second wave. Is where it's at. Oh, everyone wow. knows that's where it's at. That is. I think BMF want to get involved in the second wave as well. Well, they are. Yeah, we're. we're yeah, I hopefully we're um we're doing like this combined shirt thing. I need to chat to them about it, but that would be awesome. Like uh. Mod School and BMF Army would be would be pretty cool. So if we're if we're planning the calendars of uh, bad of our of our what was our phrase for the bad boy rider listeners? Do badders. Do badders. The do badders. Oh, I love it still. Um, so we're planning the calendar for the do badders. So we, we're going to slot in um, the beerathon. We're going to slot in the dirty weekend. So they need a taster race in the build up. Um, so we're saying. Survive the fittest too late. Uh, that's just happened. N- yeah. Nuclear, nuclear. Uh, hell yeah, runner. Like, ooh, yeah, because dirty weekend's pretty early, isn't it? It's May. It's May, yeah. So, um, so uh, in a nu- the next nuclear is is around May as well. So that's ooh. that's around the same sort of nuts is March. Um, so you could you could do a lap of nuts. Yeah. I thought um, you said and, the Nazis march then. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that was your warm up to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, Who's I've got stepping? to do a day weekend later. <laughs> um, I don't know who else is there. There's, there's Rock Solid in March, isn't there? They're March, April sort of time. Yeah, we've got Judgment um, Day. I mean, is that Judgment, Judgment Day? Yeah, yeah. Judgment Day's brilliant. So maybe do you think that's too hard a first one? Too technical. Um, it depends, really. They've got. I think they're doing a six k distance. So that and and um, so yeah, they're a good one. I don't think. Day doesn't happen until later. Um, Monster race. Uh, e- e- ooh, I think I don't think they happen until a little bit later on either. So you could do a hell runner. I think it's the second week of Jan. Yeah, that will get you just out of a normal road racing attitude, yeah. and you'll hopefully really enjoy that. That's cold as well. It's brilliant. Then, so we're saying we do that. Maybe do the six laps of nuts. So I said, wow, no. <laughs> So it's, it's, almost, it's almost like we need a website with a calendar on it to figure oh, out which races only, we want to go to. If only. But I'm pretty sure this year, because um, basically nuts is too hard, I can't be asked to do four laps of nuts. No. And I'm going to be training for Marathon Sabla. So I think um, I'm just going to be... one lap. Go win one lap. Um, or yeah. two laps is a league event. Go and do two laps. You can oh, do two laps. I'll do two laps then. Oh, but I, I'm still thinking I might not be just because I'll be doing math yeah, and yeah. training. Yeah. So I think I'll just turn up and support my team. So we'll say, I'll check. But if that's the case, I'll say anyone who's bad boy running who comes, come down and I'll be your support man. I'll sort out your, I'll, I'll give you free cliff stuff that you can have on the way around. 
I'll have a big urn of energy juice you can drink, and let's get a bad boy running crew yeah. together for um. Yeah, set up nuts. a little fire, a little fire with a gazebo. Yeah, yeah. And um, um nice. I'm, and bag ladies will probably congregate around the little fire. <laughs> enough, enough of your future dates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which we're going to mention a lot in the next episode. <laughs> wow, there are some stories to tell. <laughs> But uh, I'm trying to think if there are any more questions that came in. Or, or is there anything you, you think would be insightful for people? I mean, Kit, Pete, what, what should people wear? What should people do? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think you can think about it a bit too much. Um, yeah. I, think, I think we're in danger a little bit of wanting to be triathletes and, yeah. thinking, and, and thinking, oh, wow, I'm really anyone, into something. So, I sorry? don't think anyone's in danger of being a triathlete because obviously <laughs> people that do OCR races have some modicum of talent. Ooh! Ooh! What? Ooh. <laughs> what? What? What's wrong with that? So I didn't know you hated AC. You, you didn't rate triathletes. Cycling is cheating. Swimming is unnatural. It's, and and yeah. uh, everyone knows that triathletes are terrible runners, aren't they? Triathletes are essentially cyclists who do a bit of swimming. Uh, you you get them to run, and we know we know what happens. So give us your views, listeners. What do you think? Absolutely, we don't have any triathletes within our. I don't think there's any triathletes listening to this because they'll be listening to cycling podcasts and other things because they're cyclists essentially, aren't they? Are there cycling podcasts? Well, I've apparently, never actually... well, yeah, yeah, triathletes. I mean, accountants have to gather somewhere, don't they? <laughs> I like the fact I'm not the bad guy today. That doesn't make me a bad guy. Not no. I'm offending. Who am I offending? I'm offending people that aren't within the group of people that we're talking to. You offend people who are runners. <laughs> yeah, I offend our listeners, yeah. don't I? And my yeah. friends, I'm, essentially. I'm offending cyclists. There's absolutely, I've never, ever shown any uh, happiness towards cyclists. Oh, you do, you do know where my team came, came from, though. Two of them used to be world duathlon champions. One of them used to be world triathlon champion for age group. Now they're OCR runners. Oh, really? Oh, that's quite nice that they've been able to transition into something that's... Um, you know, they've seen the light. They've been building exactly, up to something yeah, important. <laughs> so, um, so, Pete, so you don't, think, you don't think people should worry too much about what they're wearing? And no, uh, I, I, think, I think there's a danger of like, oh, I'm really, really into this sport. I want to buy stuff. And, um, and, it's and, not like and CrossFit actually, then. CrossFit, so, you, you can buy the whole CrossFit outfit as well. Yeah, totally. You, you know, I think, I, think, um, I think there is an element of that. And people are like, yeah, I want to buy things because I'm an obstacle racer. I want to buy stuff that makes me look like an obstacle racer. Yeah. But really, you just need a decent pair of shoes. You just need a and yellow really t-shirt, don't you? Yeah, I mean, a yellow, <laughs> yellow shirt and a decent <laughs> pair of shoes yeah, and you'll get by. And, um, and, uh, but, but that goes for, you know, of course, that's a, that's a ridiculously uh, stupid thing to say because, you know, come the winter time, it's a different story. And yeah, so, so generally well, through the summer races. You can fleece, of course, uh, yeah. which is available <laughs> yeah. for, for yeah, $29.95. But I did, I did survive Tough Guy, my first ever obstacle race, in a Supergirl outfit with not an ounce of fat on me and flat trainers when there was ice everywhere. So you, you, yeah. don't, need to, you don't need to put that much thought into it. Yeah, there's a there's a school of thought that the, in the colder conditions, the less you wear, the better, because your skin will, you know, water will roll off your skin quicker than it will do a, any kind of t-shirt or anything. So, yeah, there are there's a school of thought that says that. I don't necessarily that subscribe to it. School of thought is I, mental. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, but you do see every year someone in a pair of pants is going to finish tough guy. It's fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah. pair of pants as well. They leave them out. Plus yeah. <laughs> some rounds. I've, I've sort of, sort of been a guy wearing a pair of pants, definitely. A sort of a, a final question, really, because we've got to sort of wrap up now. But what do they have, like, goodie bags? 
and stuff. Our goodie bags yeah. and stuff. They they have that thing. That, like, yeah, it's all about, like people are. It's all about the bling, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about really, what what medal you get. I yeah, think more than anything I've ever been part of. Really? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, people will choose an event whether they have a medal or not. Some people like it's it's very much about what the trophies you get afterwards. And and um, so yeah, the, particularly the medal. Yeah. T-shirts. Are, I mean, I've got so many now, and as have most have, and a lot of people wear their team colours. So you know, T-shirts are a little bit of a draw for those first few people who get there. And most events will give you a T-shirt, They're and so, and then some, some will so, give you a goodie bag. Yeah. It's so Sorry? de classe to wear a T-shirt from an OCR race. I mean, you are you really are scraping the barrel if you sit around wearing a, an OCR t-shirt oh no i just looked down what am i wearing what is it? i don't want a t-shirt oh wow i'm brand compliant sponsored by cliff bar but um so pete pete now we've got you um give us some some gossip that we might not know about the league you obviously can't do it about people still in existence but so i do people, know some, some races gossip have about folded. dead people is that what you're saying no no, no they, they can still be live but some races have folded some controversies have happened um are there any things you can tell us that's not going to get you into trouble that would be genuinely um new for even ocr fanatics oh that's a really good question um but I'm not sure if there's, there is anything I can say without getting into trouble. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, oh. or, or, or just a story that without saying the explicit name would be quite interesting. Hmm. So, I mean, I, for example, to give an example, um, I'm aware that there may be a organization in obstacle course racing that allegedly the founders have disappeared to a country with all the money from. That would be the type of thing that we may or may not be able to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, things like that. Things like that. Could I say anything like that that I could say without getting in trouble? Well, no, I don't think there is any. I don't think there's that much going on behind the scenes um, that I could say that would be much of, of interest. Or well, are there any races that have now collapsed that you just think they yeah, were you... horrific? Um, horrific. Ooh. Just like dangerous. Say, do you know what? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, dangerous. No, I don't see that much. I don't think there's many terrible races out there. Yeah. Um, I think there's races. The, 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 I think the the whole formula of what we do mm. it's generally going to be quite good fun. Even if there's not many obstacles. Yeah. Um, generally, running around in a field is pretty good. Even if you're just skipping over a bunch of hay bales. Um. So, so I think I, I I've been to so many races now, but I don't think I've I've very, very rarely had a bad time. Yeah. And um, so, but really, that so what's wrong is when you have a race that hasn't got much to it, um, uh, and then they charge seventy quid for it. That's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine to charge seventy quid for a race if you're really going to give people value for money. But um, but if you have only literally just got a field with a few hay bales and whatnot and a little bit of a cargo net crawl, then really should be charging 30 quid or 35 quid for it. So, um, so what do you make of Tough Mudder and £20 charge charge for parking, £10 for a spectator? Um, is it too far? It's all a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, they've got so many people coming through. I, I, I can't imagine how much they turn, turn, turn over, but, yeah. but their expenses are huge as well. Yeah. You know, the size of their operation is, is enormous. The amount of staff they've got there, the, you know, the, 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 the I bet, they're probably getting ripped off more than most in terms of you know their price for the um, for, for for the places that they have. Um, so I um, I don't know. They've 
I, it's too much. It's too much. It is this whole car parking charge thing. Yeah. I, I'd rather have um, car parking charges included in ticket price personally, um, uh, because it's not, it's not a very nice shock, really, is it? When you, you see, I think you pay quite a lot for a race, and then you yeah. have to pay that much when you get there. It's I just, think when you buy a ticket, you, every race should include what you actually are forced to do to do that race should be included in the price. Mm. So you should, in theory, be able to turn up in a normal way and do the race without having to buy anything else. That's, that's my view on things, whether that's a bag drop, whether that's the parking. Um, in fact, those are probably the only two that people might yeah. charge for. Um, no, I would agree, and they charge for spectators as well, which I think is a bit oh, naughty that's too. That's bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, spectators. Yeah. We, we, it's supposed to be about, you know, Togetherness and you know support and everything else. Like, I mean, how can how bad can it be actually having people coming along supporting you? It's probably makes mm. it a better event. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They're, yeah. And they're buying a bag of chips or whatever. So yeah. you know, it's, um, they, they encourage them to come along. It's a bit silly, isn't it? And uh, is there any insight you can give us to um, obviously boyfriend of of Miss Miller? Uh-huh. Any insight into the, her ultimate Hell Week experience that uh, you think you've probably got a, a unique take on? Um, did you know she yeah. was going to win it? Did you know she was going to win it from the start? I was, I was actually fairly confident. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was really cool um, seeing the whole experience and quite unpleasant at times actually, um, because I'd seen her prepare for it and and she really is as crazy as she looks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, watching her prepare for this, she's she's got this she she's got this crazy jobs when she's working all hours, um, and and then she. She also managed to study for these really ridiculously hard exams, and also get to the the peak of her physical the, the her, her physical peak. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was fitter than she ever has been going into that show. But she went into it being like, "Oh, you know, I'm so worried about this," and like she was really, really worried about. She's never. She never thinks she's ready. No, no, she definitely didn't feel ready. The, the thing, the thing about here, she just doesn't know how good she is. But the funny thing is that whenever she'll go into any race or anything, she'll be worried and worried and worried and worried. And as soon as she gets on that start line and starts running, her face just changes from this kind of like sweet little Claire Miller to like this. I'm gonna piece of shit, cause, and she doesn't realise she's doing it. Like she doesn't want to be like like this kind of brutal, ruthless competitor. She's like Hulk. Yeah, like literally this Miller's master. But doesn't realise that there is a Hulk character. It's like you know when Jekyll doesn't know that they're Hyde. You know, what are you talking about? Yeah, like she sees these pictures of herself. And she's like, oh no, 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 and it's like, yeah, it's totally, it's just how, how she is. And um, so, so I had no, I, you know, although she was completely freaking out before she went in there, I was like, oh come on, like as soon as you get in there, it's going to be a different story. You'll be, you'll, you'll just smash it to, to shit. And um, but, but actually, yeah, from my perspective, so I kind of, I was like researching, trying to find out as much as I could about it. And yeah. and um, you don't hear any from the people on the inside and i was then hearing from dave when he came out i heard from lucy when she came out had long chats with them about what they were doing and um and like some of the stories that were coming out particularly that little bit later on sorry dave when lucy came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was only half a day oh, that's amazing amazing i was building up to our to, to saying something like that and you got in there first that's awesome uh, <laughs> two years one why don't i invite pete on <laughs> But but it was like you know I was hearing these really horrible stories about them getting buried alive in pools of blood and the the you know Claire getting really upset and 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 you know I was like oh you know I wanted to and she you know then there was the like the um the interrogation coming up and I was like I just wanted to say to her look 
you don't have to do you don't have yeah. to mentally damage yourself sure physically give it your all but you don't need to make because i knew that she wouldn't stop she wouldn't ever stop yeah and um and I, I just wanted to kind of i was panicking at home thinking she just needs to be told like you don't have to do this to yourself but actually when she came out she's like oh yeah it wasn't that hard it was all right <laughs> but clearly she's been through hell but she's just like <laughs> Oh yeah, she's a she's a crazy one. That one. I do think that was the the worry of the producers as well, because we had a psych test beforehand, and they had the doctors there, and in in all of the psych tests, they were saying, from what I gathered, everyone else agreed with what they said to me. Was was they said, right, you do, you know, when are you gonna, when would you give in? And we'd say, oh, I just wouldn't give in. They said, no, 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 but say. You know, at what point do you think this is not worth it? Um, and I said, well, I mean, I, in my, my point of view is if I'm going to permanently damage myself, that's when I'd stop. But everything else, I'd never stop. And I think the psychologists didn't, they weren't prepared for the attitude of everyone going in. Because most of these shows, most TV shows, you get people going in who are, um, really have a plan to become famous for this or they just want to be popular in the local pub or they're doing it for completely different reasons for the, the people going into this show who were all from sporting backgrounds where you have to sacrifice a huge amount to be at the level people are at. And I think they were genuinely, genuinely right, worried that people would push themselves past the limit that you should go to. And, uh, and, and the final six, the final, even the final 15, I don't think anyone there, um, well, actually two of them did quit, Hunter and, um, and I can't remember now. Um, but I think the vast majority of the people left in it would have just kept on going. If that had been a whole year of no food, they'd have done it until they died. Mm, yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, wait, so knowing David for that long, how much did you laugh when he uh, <laughs> when he went out for not being able to do like five press ups? Well, it's just uh, it's weird because uh, you know I I'd heard it from David. Like I'd oh, heard David's heard, side of the heard... story, which was way more macho than what actually happened. So so really, kind of I'd imagine it in my head of like David just being like. No way you're gonna throw me out, uh, <laughs> like muscles bulging, like he's been exactly done over. What I said. And exactly. then when it happened, it was just like he, he just whimpered out, yeah. really, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it was, okay, that's how it looked. That's how it looked. You weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's exactly. working with such amateurs. Actually, is this is this all it is? Is this just what this show is? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Yeah. So you got me to sponsor this show, and it's just this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me? <laughs> For what? God's sake. But you're wasting my time, man. You're, you're, you're trying to a one-year contract. <laughs> yeah. We've already got your logo everywhere associated next to it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we, we need to have words about this. We've got the Jimmy Savile phrases <laughs> with Mudsicle logo next to it. Can, can you move your microphone away from your mouth, Oh, Davis? for fuck's sake. You're, <laughs> you're really far away now. That's good. That's good. He, he decided to go with the cheapest headset he could find, and you can tell. <laughs> and you could, uh, he, it was a child's headset again. <laughs> I just happened to be in a children's store. <laughs> yeah. Is it, were you looking for shorts? <laughs> I was, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Pete! This has been an absolutely brilliant episode. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been so good. Cool. And, uh, and everyone, feedback your thoughts at home. If you've got any more questions for Pete, he's now part of the group, so I'm sure he'll answer your questions. He's in... our official sponsor now, so... He is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, probably not by the time this gets aired, but... <laughs>
and uh, as usual you know tweet into bad boy running put those uh those races in your calendar because we're going to be going to them it'd be great if we can get a cross between the Mudstacle group and the um i've already forgotten what they're called again two the batters. two batters two the batters. two batters <laughs> brilliant so send your challenges in let you know your thoughts on obstacle racing your experiences and we'll see you next week see you later bye, bye. 